0: Yes, I get that all the time. And I wish I had a smart answer for you. Um, The answer is my ROI is when someone calls me and says, I've seen you all over my Facebook feed and I've watched your videos. I feel like I already know you. I would love if you'd come over and list my home. Um, That's one ROI for me. Uh, the other one is when one of my agents is at an open house and someone comes in and says, oh, you work with Judy Weiniger. Oh, I love her videos. I feel like I already know her. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 179 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow, and it's how I get to continue to do this thing I love so much, this passion project of mine, which is talking to interesting people in our industry and finding out more about them and some of the great things they're doing. This is no difference today. I'm so excited to be talking with Judy Weininger. Judy's with the Weininger Group up in Central New Jersey, we'll call it. We're going to talk about that. And uh, I met Judy through a mutual friend, Anthony Malafronte, and I can't wait to get started with our conversation. Judy, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Bill. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad that we had a chance to meet in person, and now we can have our, our chat on your very infamous podcast.
1: Thank you for that, Judy. Now, I like to start at the beginning on the podcast, and let's start with the fact that I know you're in Central New Jersey. Did you grow up in New Jersey? Are you a Garden State native?
0: I am. I'm a Jersey girl. I grew up in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, My dad uh, is an architect from that area, and I've grown up up here my whole life, left shortly for a college stint in Philadelphia and, and back here to all parts of New Jersey with my family.
1: Where exactly is Orange, New Jersey?
0: There's lots of oranges, people. There's West Orange and East Orange and Orange and South Orange. So it can be a very confusing. But West Orange is just west of New York City. Um, we again, I never had to commute to New York from there. But it's a beautiful town. We lived up on a mountain. My dad was an architect, and he built a, you know, beautiful custom home. It was pretty, you know, looking back at it, pretty modest. But we thought it was really extra special because it had gorgeous views of New York City skyline.
1: Growing up that close to Manhattan, our trips to the city just normal kind of everyday life.
0: Definitely, but mostly for special occasions. I think for most Jerseyites, we don't even do the things that most tourists do. You know, so it's sometimes fun to return, even as an adult, to in, enjoy some of the um, museums and restaurants that, you know, or even you know sites that we've never even gone to ourselves.
1: A previous guest on the podcast, I think it was Tracy Freeman, talked about the fact that there really is a central Jersey that's not just North and South Jersey, like most of us think, but there's this region called Central Jersey. Is, what, what's your take on that, Judy?
0: It's funny. It's been, you know, there really is a central Jersey to me, um, but I think it's been part of trying to figure out where we are in our niche, in our marketplace, because, you know, does someone know what Central New Jersey is, you know if I call it that. so it's been been interesting. but yeah, I mean, central New Jersey to me is just west of New York City, Manhattan. So coming out route 78 for those that know Jersey, you know, because the state is so densely populated. So you know, you think of northern as like Bergen County up by the bridge and S- Southern Jersey closer to Philly and you know kind of Atlantic City. and then there's this all this area in between is where I consider Central New Jersey.
1: Well, here's the test, Judy. What is the sandwich called? Is it a hoagie or is it a grinder?
0: I call things a sub. You know, we call <laughs> subs, but it, it listen, it's so confusing. I mean, a sub for us is like the the Italian meats. Um, we have something called sloppy joes here that I think are different than most sloppy joes. We have sloppy joes that are also kind of Italian meats, but with coleslaw and Russian dressing on it. So I guess we have our own culture.
1: Judy, that is no Sloppy Joe that I know.
0: I'm going to have to send you one. They okay. know. We have a famous place in, in Jersey for our Sloppy Joes called Town Hall Delicatessen. Three thinly sliced p- pieces of rye bread. Oh, my gosh. It's the best.
1: All right, Judy. I'll give it a try. Now, let's, let's go on to your, your school. You actually went to University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, which you know one of the top business schools in the country. And I want to know what was on your radar at that time. I probably wasn't real estate, but what was the industry or what was the direction you were going to take after you got out of school?
0: You know, I always was entrepreneur minded and I was a very good student, but also very creative. And even as a youngster, I loved creating businesses and looking back on it. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, but she was very creative and very entrepreneurial-minded, so I don't know if I picked it up from her. But I had something, you know, when I was little, little carnival games, we used to have friends come over and play, and I had Judy's Party Service, where we helped people back in those days, million years ago. Like, people would have home parties, and I would help that host with serving and cleaning up, and I created these these cool... um, underwears which I'll get at at when I went to Penn um, I created this underwear product called Pennies and it was a takeoff on Bloomies if anyone's a Bloomingdale shopper we had back in the day these cute little underwears that said Bloomies on the back so about Wharton and Penn I mean I just I always was a business-minded person and fortunately um, you know I was accepted into their uh, it's the undergraduate department of Wharton so I got a a BS in economics there. And I, I was majored in finance and marketing. But interestingly enough, there was this very new major at the time I was there back in the eighties, and it was called entrepreneurship. And there just was not a main major, but you know, it was one I embraced. So I minored in entrepreneurship. And it was, again, feeding on this creativity in me and wanting to build something from nothing. So it was an amazing experience. I did not have real estate in mind. It was really creating business. And so real estate did come a little bit later.
1: It really sounds like you were not going to be working for someone else, right?
0: Gosh, I really never worked for anyone else. In in high school, I worked for a law office for a couple summers. Um, In college, I worked one year at a At the time, it was Shearson Lehman Brothers. And I just couldn't. Yeah, it's just not my makeup.
1: So what was the first business you started right out of school?
0: Yeah, it was kind of tricky to graduate from Wharton and and not go the corporate route. I was a little conflicted, because I knew that was an avenue that would, you know, take me in the corporate world and, you know, build that kind of business for myself. But I really wanted to be a full-time mom. And I knew that was very important to me. I got married quite young. I got married at 22 to my husband, who I'm with today, over 30 years. And I knew since motherhood was important to me, I was kind of afraid of the travel that maybe the corporate world would bring. Um, So I created a business right out of college called Learning Shirts. And it was an educational kind of print concept where we had prints that were all educational for for children. And um, we did quite well. I made some mistakes early on, like in any business. Um, I I think my biggest um, negative and positive is that I think very big. I, when I started this, we had this alphabet line and there just were too many skews, So that wasn't the best way to start off. But we did end up selling to, um, I think it was World Wildlife Federation. They loved our our, our dinosaur prints and all, so that was kind of fun. So I did that for about five years, um, but then I I had my first son and I really wanted to focus on that. So the business we kind of put to the, to to the side.
1: So was the arrival of your first son, you know, the beginnings of the family, was that the trigger that kind of led you towards real estate? It
0: it was. I actually had my second child in 1992, and um, yes, I I really wanted to get back into some kind of business. And, you know, I really wanted to help the family make money as well. And I thought real estate was a great opportunity to put my entrepreneurial skills to work. You know, again, I could work for myself. I could create this thing how I saw it to be. But what I found, which most people find out later, this this business where we hope to kind of dabble in it and be part time just doesn't exist. So when I went into it, I was working at Caldwell Banker in Caldwell, New Jersey for a couple, you know, basically three years um, was successful. I only had listings at the time, which is kind of funny when I look back. I had seven listings and sold them all um, because I used to call Fizbo's and expireds. And but I just couldn't make it work. You know, it just was a struggle for our family. My husband worked full time outside at the home and um, I had to walk away from it. So that was part one of my real estate career.
1: So three years with Coldwell Banker, that's a great start. That's a great base of knowledge for your business. When does part two start?
0: Part two started in 2003. So almost a decade later, I had a third child and she went. To, Casey went to kindergarten. And I felt like that was the trigger where it was time to get back into the workforce. Uh, again, uh, being part of my kid's life was extremely important to me. So embracing a local broker in my area was very important to me. And uh, the kids were older, so my sons were able to kind of give me a hand if I had to run out. So it gave me a little bit more flexibility to start building this new business again. I wanted at that time to be more entrepreneurial. I felt Coldwell Banker didn't work for me in terms of my, my expertise. I wanted a little more freedom. So I joined a REMAX in Warren and I had a wonderful, successful career there for 14 years.
1: Look, my advanced math tells me 14 years from 2002 takes us well into and through the downturn, we'll call it. So talk to me about your business during that time. How did you handle that? How were you able to make things work um, when, when at a time when so many agents didn't?
0: I was fortunate because I had a branding and marketing mindset right from the beginning of starting back into work in 2003 so i kind of came out strong i was fearless i didn't even though i didn't love it you know seeing my face on my signs i had come from 2 years working as pto president in the local schools so people knew who i was but i was hoping to make that that connection between yes i'm that person who was helpful and Um, you know, efficient on the local school level. But I'm the same person who is now selling homes. So I went pretty strong in my marketing to get that exposure. So I felt I had a leg up before, you know, the downturn, the height of our market, our bubble in New Jersey was about 2006. That was a big correction for us at that time. And then again, in 2009, so I I was prepared. You know, Bill, I, I think a lot of people in this industry that build, you know, a, a really strong foundation and a brand, um, what happens is in a downturn, people look to you. Uh, so my business really didn't take any missteps. It was actually more people were looking for those local experts than maybe listing with a family member or, you know, someone they knew. So I was very fortunate that, when I came in, I had that base already.
1: So after 14 years with REMAX, you decide it's time to strike out on your own. That entrepreneurial spirit strikes again and you start your own brokers. Take us down that path that, that led you to the point where you knew you had to once again, you know, be your own boss completely this time.
0: I love that you kind of see my path. I I don't think I saw it coming, but it's interesting looking back, isn't it? I really loved my office. We were very collaborative there. I was building a team pretty much since 2008, trying to figure out the whole team model. I was very early into that creation, so there weren't a lot of helpful models for that. And the Remax model is quite unique for building teams. You know, I just struggled at it. I struggled at you know, the fee structure there. And it just, at the end of the day, I felt my culture was outgrowing it as well. You know, all the video work, which I hope to talk to shortly, you know, all of our culture, our branding, um, I felt like I was over, you know, outgrowing where I was. I, I couldn't be everything that I wanted to be and the freedom to create this thing. So I, um, I just knew it was time at that point. I wasn't ever prepared. I never thought that I was going to open my own brokerage. And I looked around to see other models. Was there another company I could go to? And there just wasn't. So I just took a leap of faith with the people I had who were willing to join me. And and we opened our small boutique brokerage with the people I had on my team at that time.
1: Is there a piece of advice you would give somebody thinking about opening their own brokerage?
0: Ooh, yeah, it, <laughs> either have to love operations, which I do not. And, or in my case, you know, just having to do it like it really felt that way that I, I had to go. So the vision and the mission and trying to create whatever I pictured as the way I was hoping to build my real estate career and and helping other agents work in the way I did, which was very community based, uh, very client focused, trying to teach and be very transparent about the process because, you know, listen, it's hard enough for us to understand this process. The consumer just doesn't know. And so my advice to anyone is a lot harder than you think. I think that's what I'm telling my prior self, you know, a year and a half ago. It's, it's definitely tough. I mean, you still have to sell. You're still doing operations. You're still working on the marketing. You're still working on recruiting. Um, and I love every minute of it.
1: It has got to be one of the most challenging parts of your career.
0: Very, very, very. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm an overthinker anyway. So I'm thinking all the time. I get bored very easily. So I have beautiful processes and marketing and branding. And of course, every now and then I have to shift it up because I'm bored with it. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I'm a challenging person, but I also appreciate that's my strength.
1: You were right earlier, Judy, we're going to talk about video. And I want to start at the beginning for you with video. For so many people, it's a terrifying experience to get in front of the camera, turn it on and start talking. And many people will have this moment of they'll try it, then they'll stop and they'll try it and they'll stop. How was it for you when you got started? Did you just dive right in and away you went? Or was it something closer to what the general public experience is?
0: Um, I was terrified just like everybody else um, back in the day, 2012 is when I embraced it. I give a lot of credit to agent reboot and Inman, then uh, Inman, uh, Katie Lance and Jimmy Mackin and Chris Smith, all talking about video and social media. I, I knew zero. So it was a light bulb went off. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm late to the party. It's too late. Maybe I shouldn't even start. And this is 2012. So mm as you know, had I not started, I would have missed a great opportunity. But no, it was scary. I mean, I have great stories to tell, like going to my office at Remax at the time. And again, because it wasn't just my own space. I went there at six in the morning. And I started with these Q&A videos. And uh, at the time, Jimmy Mackin was my mentor and coach. So he would, you know, coach me into doing some of these things. And I would get there so early in the day just so I had the peace and quiet to figure out the flubs and there would be no noise. And I, and those are still on my YouTube channel. So if you want to go look at them, they, they still are there. I, I leave them on there. But, uh, you know, I cringe too every watching them. But I think what turned the table for me, Bill, was when I realized that I could also turn the spotlight onto somebody else and that it didn't have to be all about me. And I think that was the aha that really changed my video journey. So was the Q&A videos, which I'd love to revisit now with my brokerage and my agents, but I have not done them since originally. The business spotlights are really the the key turning point for me. I'm not in them except for a couple of cameos. You'll see me in them, but it's not about me at all. It's about the local businesses in in our local community. And then we have our, our listing videos, which are you know, we 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 have our own spin to our listing videos, but I'm mostly proud of a few other ones. Besides, we just started uh, school videos, which were showing what it's really like to live in Warren, New Jersey and go to the schools here. Those I'm just so excited about that initiative. It's just being rolled out now. It's in collaboration with the local um, district who got involved with me. I asked them to. And they let me and my videographer into all four of the elementary schools. And they they want me to come into the middle school as soon as we can. You know, my goal was to shine the light on our local schools because I felt like the story was not being told on local ranking sites like grade schools, which is hooked up to Zillow. Um, I'm not sure if Realtor.com has that. I think Realtor maybe does niche.com. But we had some local elementary schools that were very poorly rated. And I was seeing that buyers that I was working with in Warren were trying to shy away from any listings in these couple of districts. And it shocked me because those are where my kids went to school. It's where I was PTO president. I knew them intimately. And so I felt, again, on the same topic that I really believe in is trying to show buyers what it's really like in our town. So by showing local businesses, by showing all about our parks and our community um, assets here, our recreation, and now showing about the schools can give them a better idea of the true picture if they were decide to move here.
1: How are you distributing those videos? It seems to me they're with organic search there, there could be an SEO play there. If I'm not mistaken, is that possible?
0: I would think so. We're rolling out just, just this week. I mean, we have work to do. SEO is not my uh, forte, so I'm hoping to get some advice on that, but you know, our, our YouTube channel is very strong. I'm working with a a Google consultant right now for that, but I want to get it in the hands of anyone who's looking at the schools because, I feel that consumers at a a disservice. I mean, make decisions based on a ranking number. It's just, you know, they're missing really wonderful opportunities. Um, And I know your listeners may not be ready for that kind of project, but one one other one, which I think is almost closest to my heart because it was in my mind for maybe five years and I couldn't get up the nerve to get it right, was our market update videos. And those, I I mean, I'm beaming over here because I was particular about it and nothing was ever really right and good enough. And I worked with my videographer for about a year on creating some special graphics. And now what's so exciting for me, Bill, is that now as a brokerage, I'm teaching all of this to my agents. So Michelle Giordano is now the local expert in Bridgewater, New Jersey. And Ryan Doliner, who just started in real estate in November, he is now taking over the market updates for Basking Ridge, New Jersey. So we're following the templates that I've created. And it's just so exciting to see the birth of this and having my own brokerage, I'm able to fill this vision of spreading out this local expertise to other communities.
1: That's awesome, Judy. Well done. Um, Let me let me throw you a little curve. Let me be that guy that's been in the audience at some of the presentations you've done talking about video and his question would go something like this. Yeah, that's all great. Your videos look great, but could you tell me the actual ROI of the videos you're creating?
0: Yes, I get that all the time. And I wish I had a smart answer for you. Um, The answer is my ROI is when someone calls me and says, I've seen you all over my Facebook feed and I've watched your videos. I feel like I already know you. I would love if you'd come over and list my home. Um, that's one ROI for me. Uh, the other one is when one of my agents is at an open house and someone comes in and says, oh, you work with Judy Weiniger Oh, I love her videos. I feel like I already know her. And so this is the kind of thing that is just so exciting because I'm sure you've heard this before, Bill, like I, I just am such an advocate of working with people that want to work with me. And our brokerage is all about that, too. I mean, we are hoping to attract the people that value what we bring to the table. There are so many good options. There's so many brokerage models. There's so many different types of agents doing great things. But we have a certain thing about us. We do this. We love social media. We love doing videos. We love being the local expert. We love helping the community. And so if someone comes to us, they're choosing us. There's no big sale here. You know, We don't have to door knock and we don't have to prospect a whole lot. And so I guess that's the long answer too about the ROI. I mean, that's my ROI is enjoying my job and being able to work with the people that want
1: to work with me. I think that makes for a whole lot better work environment and a much, much better personal life.
0: I think so. I really, truly do. It's like, you know, when we go chase these leads, you know, I talk about a a track don't chase kind of marketing that we do. You know, people don't want to be caught. And here we are pounding them. And I always go back to the same old topic, which is I want to treat the consumer the way I want to be treated. And so I always try to think about that. I would love to see a video of something, you know, of what I would like to buy and, and be able to see if there's any connection there, you know, before I go ahead and start shopping around. So I still am such a believer and I'm smiling again. I'm on audio right here. You can't see my face, but I, I hope you can feel my passion for this. And, and this is my why for having started Weiniger Group.
1: If an agent asked you, Judy, how they could get started in video, and it's obviously not going to be with a videographer and the incredible production values that you and your team bring to your videos, which are amazing. What is the uh, what is the advice you have for them? How do they get started today, uh, as opposed to back when you got started?
0: I love your questions because you're so insightful, Bill. I mean, I unfortunately, unfortunately started a long time ago when things were a little harder when you're innovator, things aren't as clear in terms of the path. What's great for people today is Facebook Live and Instagram Live. You can do video stories, just in Insta stories. You use your phone. There's no, there's nothing more you have to do. So you can be extremely successful in video just using your phone. So there's no excuses because you really have no, there's no budget, except if you want to put some money behind it as a Facebook ad. But other than that, it's you, it's your effort, it's your connection, it's your relationships. And I'm a big believer in getting to know your local community
1: and, and giving back to them. It sounds like we've laid out the template for somebody that's trying to get started. Look at your community, look for interesting things, interesting people and share those stories, Right.
0: I think so. I mean, where we started, you know, we, we did about 20 community videos over the course of a couple of years. Uh, and we went in, I picked the things that I felt were the businesses that kind of defined us I mean, we have an amazing local pharmacy. There's so much history there uh, called Edgewood pharmacy. My, one of my favorite, favorite videos is a video of a local pizza uh, restaurant owner, Rosario And he was so reluctant to go on video and and I kind of pushed him. I said, Rosario, this is good for you. You know, it's it's time, videos, everything, you know, social media is everything. And he was so happy when it was done and all his customers were like, Rosario, you did so great. This is wonderful. And they were so positive with him. And it was just my way of kind of showing local business what there is out there for them to get further exposure. So starting with your local businesses, help them, you know, help them um, try to understand the power of social media and video work.
1: For anybody out there listening, Judy, is it uh, just Weiniger Group on YouTube?
0: I think it's under my name, Judith Weiniger. But I'm sure if you say Weiniger Group YouTube, it probably will pop pop up. Yeah, Uh, I would be my pleasure for anyone to check it out it's it's kind of my online resume from start to finish and where we are and i hope you enjoy looking at them and anyone who wants to you know catch up with me i'd love to hear that you looked at them and which were your favorites and what inspired you so please please uh hit me up on facebook or instagram and i'd love to chat
1: yeah i saw rosario tossing pizza dough up in the air i'm a big fan
0: yeah, you know, my favorite part, though, at the end of the day, I guess this is the great way to segue to the end about video. Video shows emotion. Video shows people's heart. And what Rosario said in that video when we asked him the question, Rosario, how do you feel when people tell you, we, we love your food, Rosario, thank you? He says, oh, I just feel so good. It makes me so happy, he says. And so, like, what more? Wouldn't you want to go, you know,
1: be a patron of Rosario. Judy, it's time for my final question. The same question I've asked every guest since uh, Jay Thompson in episode one. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be?
0: Oh, Help somebody else. Go build relationships. Don't ask for business and just uh, show your value.
1: Once again, Judy, what's the best way for people to reach out to you?
0: Um, I would love you to hit me up on Facebook because I feel like that's how I get to know people. So Facebook at my personal is Judy Lehman Weiniger, and my Instagram is Judy Weiniger.
1: In fact, didn't we use Facebook Messenger to set up this podcast interview?
0: We did. (laughs) (laughs) Do you use it a lot? I mean, I just find it's such an easy way to communicate to find anybody you're looking for.
1: I do. I use Messenger a lot to connect with people. In fact, the majority of my podcast interviews and conversations with guests start on messenger. It's just a simple way for me. I think people see that red notification dot uh, they click on it, they check it out much more so than email. And it's an easy way to stay in touch. Judy, thank you so much for your time today. Look, if you're listening to this episode, feel free to reach out to her, hit her up on Facebook, hit her up on messenger. You can hear how approachable and how passionate she is about what she's doing in the industry. And I'm really thankful, once again, Judy, to have you on our show.
0: Well, thank you so much, Bill. I so appreciate being able to tell my story. It's so much fun. Thank you so much.